0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. So the other day, Lou texted Phil and um, said, hey, love, on your way home, can you get a litre of milk? And if they've got avocados, get six. So Phil turned up at home later that day with six litres of milk. And Lou's like, didn't you you read the message... Why have you got 6 liters of milk and Phil said they had avocados? Ah, <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> comedy, you got to give it oxygen. You might not think that was comedy. I I give it a shot. If you didn't understand it then <laughs> Hearing's really important. Understanding is really important. You know, you can see a text that, and, and hear, you know, what they're saying, but you don't always understand how it's been written. Um, I, I know I've and if they've got avocados, get six. <laughs> Have you ever had a text from someone and you don't know if they're actually angry at you? or they're, they're happy with you, or they're just informing you of something. But there, there's, a, there's no tone or anything that can go with, with text messages. And I love texts. <laughs> I love tes- texts. don't like saying it, it looks like, but I love texts. And um, I like communicating that way because otherwise, if I get on the phone... Talking to someone, I just talk forever. So I just like getting the text out and communicating by that. But I, I just realised that the tone that goes along with it is so important, isn't it? And to hear is so important. To see is so important. To understand is so important. These are things that Jesus talks about in the parable of the, the sower, So, Matthew 13, verse 11, I've been, who's been enjoying, um, you know, just having a a look at the parable of the sower? And who's been getting some revelation out of that? Who loved Kylie's message last week? Wasn't that just gold? Um, Oh, beautiful, beautiful woman, beautiful, beautiful word. And I, I love how she brings things out. And... I love how she uses props. And I got her a prop the other day that I said, hey, check this prop out. She's now got to come up with a message to go with the prop because the prop is just so genius. Um, I won't tell you what it is because you'll see it one day and then I'll go, that's the prop. So, yeah. So Jesus told 36 different parables. And the, the disciples asked him after the parable of the sower, they said, why do you speak in parables? Now, I would have thought Jesus would say, you dummies, they're stories that have really got some basic elements to them. Anyone can understand them because it's a story and you can get stuff out of it. But Jesus' response wasn't that. Like we look at these stories and we go, oh, yeah, well, we've probably gone over them a few times and you get, get to um, you know meditate on them, think about them. Talk about them and get some stuff out of it, but they were being told for the first time, and they say, "So why do you speak in parables?" And his response in Matthew thirteen eleven was, "Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them." I just think, really, like I thought Jesus wanted everybody to know, but the thing is, this is a it's it's a key, it's a secret of the kingdom. Not not just something about the kingdom, it's a secret of the kingdom. And as Paul just said earlier, um, that Richard is now learning to drive. So there's knowledge that he's now coming aware of that he has to do something. When you're aware that there's a speed limit, you have to be very aware of that speed limit, don't you? With knowledge comes responsibility. So what Jesus is saying here. If they got to know these deep things that I'm sharing with you, you're the key guys that I have chosen, that the Father's chosen for me to sow my life into. I've only got a short period of time. I'm going to sow my life into you. But I want you to get the keys of the kingdom. I want you to get the secret knowledge of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom, and not just know about heaven, just not know about the kingdom. So, and then he says, whoever has been given, um, so oh, sorry, it goes on and says, whoever has will be given more and they'll have an abundance. Doesn't sound like it, but who does not have even what they do have will be taken from them. We could say that's unfair, but God says, no, that's just because if you're not using something in your life, if you're not using the seed that you've been given in your life, God needs that. Because he's a God that sows and in this he cannot be mocked. You can try and mock a lot of things about Christianity and about God and more, why would God, this one thing he cannot be mocked in, sowing and reaping. And he says it's so: he is a God of sowing and reaping. He sows into your life and he wants to reap from your life. He wants you to produce something. You're not just here for a good time, you're here for a God time to actually produce something with your life. So what he's saying is, if they're not going to do something with that seed, then I will put it into the hands of someone who is going to produce something, that is going to get some influence in their sphere, that is going to produce fruit. Then he says, Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. And that was a quote from Isaiah, which... um, The answer to it is if you look at the bottom of 15, have we got oh we have got it on the script? Well done, Regan, you champion. It says, You'll be ever hearing but not understanding, you'll ever seeing, but not ever not perceiving for this people's hearts have become callous; they hardly hear with their ears they have closed off their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them I would sozo them I would make them whole who wants to be whole well there's a requirement one is you got to turn but you're not just turn for any reason you've got to turn because you've heard you've seen and you understand We are designed to hear, to see, and to understand. Let's jump across to Romans. Um, I love this about in Romans uh, 10, I think it is. Uh, Oh, Romans 1, sorry. The next one's in Romans 10. Romans 1. Paul's talking to a whole group of different guys here. And I I love Romans because it it brings out so much stuff that I just... When I start reading it, more comes out of it. More comes out of it. And you realise this guy had a revelation about God. This guy actually didn't just, um, you know, have stuff that he understood. He, he got it really deep in his life. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I love that. The good news of Jesus it is the power of wholeness, of salvation for anyone who chooses to believe it. Some people say, oh, that's fine for you, Steve, but, I, you know, religion's not for me. And I'm like, neither is religion for me. Believe it or not, I don't really like religion or religious processes. I like a relationship with a living God. That, and that's what Jesus has made available for us. Get this. I, I didn't know this. This is just a segue. I hardly ever do this but this is a a segue. My brother brought up during the week, he said, did you know that Zechariah, the the father of John the Baptist, was one of 177,000? It was a big number. Priests, you could be a priest back then and never, ever, ever get to go into the holies of holies. You never, ever get the opportunity to serve before the Lord. He got to serve before the Lord on the very day that it was ordained for him to do so. He, do you know, that's the lottery ticket right there. That, he was there and not only that, but he, his seed was actually going to be the one who was crying out in the wilderness, make way, make way for the Lord. We now get to boldly come into His presence. We don't have to wait. We don't have to sit there going, Gee, "I hope it's me today. I hope I get the, you know, the lottery stick. I hope I I get to draw it today." Well, that Adrian, he got it last week. He got it again. Every week, every day, we now have the opportunity to come into the presence of God because of what the gospel does for us. It it makes a way for us. The power of God, for salvation, for wholeness. For in the gospel, a righteousness, an equity. That word means an equity from God, an equity of morality, not equality of God, equity. And what is equity? It means value. So God has put a moral value on us and he's put a moral value in us. And it's a it's a righteousness, a moral value that is from faith and it goes to faith. It it takes faith to, to accept this, this message. And so many, I find it really interesting when people say, oh, that's that's your faith. And it's like, no, no, I, I just believe the message I was told. I, I believe the message. You can believe the message too. And we're going to get into that. From faith to faith. In the NIV it says, by faith from first to last. But that's what it's mean. From faith to faith. That's why Jesus is the author and perfecter. He's the deliverer and developer of our faith. It grows. We must produce fruit with our faith. Then he goes on to say the wrath of God is being revealed in verse 18 um, from heaven. Now that word wrath, a lot of people, when I used to hear that, I'd go, oh, that's that's angry God. That's violent God coming in. kicking things over you know mountains melting like wax before the presence of the Lord I was watching a a mudslide the other day and I'm going mountains melting like wax that's what it's going to look like you know it, it you ever seen those volcanic eruptions and they have like the lightning going off in the in the cloud and you just think that's what God must have looked like when he come down but even bigger even bigger when he come down on the mountain and Israel's there we get to come into his presence now. But the wrath of God, he doesn't take off his love. He doesn't take off his mercy and then just put on wrath. It's always part of his nature. His wrath is still alongside his love, his mercy, his justice, his peace. And you think, that doesn't make sense. No. (laughs) Unfortunately, there are no Words in the human language that we can use to describe God except love, except love. (laughs) Because that's, oh, I wish I could explain God to you, but I can't, so I shan't. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. There's wickedness in our in our land. There's wickedness in our governments, in our systems, in our banking, in our schools. In our like, if you work in any of these areas, um, I'm not pointing fingers at you. There's wickedness everywhere, and it oppresses and it changes the truth that God wants us. That's why we need to have ears that hear, eyes that see, and a heart that's ready to understand, because God is always speaking. We are designed to hear. If you read a little bit further, it says, um, since what has been known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. This isn't a contradiction. I've just used two scriptures that said, Jesus said, no, no, we're keeping the the secrets of the kingdom from it. And then it's saying here, this is so plain that even the biggest dummy on the planet can get it. If you look at what we know about life, the more we know, we realize this, there's too much design to this. The human body has got way too much design to it. That This planet has been designed to, for us to inhabit. I know they want to go to Mars and they want to go to, to the moon and, and build a hotel there or whatever. Um, <laughs> but we are made for this planet. When we get off this planet, everything starts going wrong. You've got to take this planet with you if you want to leave this planet. You've got to have the atmospheres the same. And they've found now that in space, your bone marrow, your bone density, it all erodes because we were made for this. Even the pull of the the gravitational pull of the Earth makes our bones strong, makes our marrow grow, makes our our um, our whole immune system function correctly. We we are designed. We're so beautifully designed. That's why the, the prophets said how, how, you know, fearfully and wonderfully I'm made because I realise, God, you've designed me so intricately. We have not yet seen the smallest part of the human anatomy. We have not yet seen the furthest aspect of the universe that we, we live in. That shows the, attorney, uh, the eternal. That shows the infinite power, the infinite that didn't come from a pregnant hydrogen nothing just going through space and all of a sudden bam the big bang that took off and then we've all come from that no we are designed but the foolishness and the wickedness and the godlessness says no 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 we don't want to believe in a design because that means that there's a designer and if there's a designer what type of designer is he he Well, then you've got to realise it's a redemptive God who sent his son so that he could have relationship, intimate relationship with each one of us. Clearly seen so that we are without excuse. So we are designed to see. We are designed to hear. We are designed to understand. So why wouldn't God be wanting to speak to us and show things to us and reveal things to us on at least a yearly basis? Ears to hear, eyes to see, heart to understand. We are designed to hear from God. Why do you think the Scripture talks about God being the Word and God using the Word and Jesus being the Word? Because the Word speaks. And we are to hear, we are to see, and we are to understand. I want to encourage you today that God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. And you might say, but I'm not. I'm in this crisis. I'm in this conflict. I'm in this... Um, I know affliction of health or affliction of relationship or whatever it might be, and you're saying God's not answering my prayer. Yes, He is, but you may not be seeing or hearing or understanding how He's relating to you. If they have got avocados, get six. Oh, it's a good joke. Come on. In in um, Romans 10, it says, consequently faith comes from hearing. Say that. Say this with me, faith comes from hearing. On, on here it says the message but it says the, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now I just want to blow the doors off your thinking for a little bit here with this. I used to always think that you know faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word. No, no, we need to be hearers. We are designed to hear and and I, I listen to the Bible all the time. I, I actually do it on double time. And you might think, why? And I, So I, I can just say to people, yeah, I've gone through the Bible twice this year. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it because you wouldn't, it's, it's hard to comprehend. But even though you'd put it on double time, you might think, but you don't absorb it. Yes, you do you do absorb it. And I would rather do that than listen to somebody sing a song about how they lost their car, their dog, their wife, their whatever, you know, and or love songs. Or I would rather listen to the Word of God. Now, if, if faith just came from listening to the Word of God, then I must have the biggest faith ever because I'm listening to it all the time. But it's not just that. It's part of it. Knowing the Word of God and having the Word of God hidden in our heart is so important. We need to be listening to the Word of God all the time. But do you know what the hearing aspect is? Having your ears open on a daily basis. What, Father, what are you saying? Because the Word of Christ here is the word rhema, a daily specific word spoken from the Father's heart to each one of us. You, can have the, you have the opportunity. You don't have to sit back and wait for the other 177,000 guys to choose their stick before you get to come into the presence of God. You can be driving your car. You could be working at your job. You could be looking for a job, looking for a wife, looking for whatever. The rain of word. God can speak at any time, at any moment of the day. Do you know how many times I've been in a crisis or in a conflict and God just drops a word into my heart? Now, I could be the hard soil the rocky soil, the weedy soil, or the good soil, and he can drop that word, that gem, that that golden nugget, that seed at any time of the day. But if I'm not listening, God, where are you? Why aren't you talking to me? And he's going, just shut up and let me say something. God is always speaking. I, God's never said shut up to you. <laughs> just give it time. You'll hear it. The Holy Spirit, uh, recently... I, I'm really starting to get the idea of this still small voice because I'll think or it's usually I'll say something. It's when I open my big mouth and I'll say something and then the Holy Spirit just goes, and I'm like, "Oh, but then I say, I am listening. I am listening, Holy Spirit, I am learning. Look, I changed Christ Father, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I change and I repent. And he says, I'll save you, son. Okay, I'll, ke- I'll keep you away from the destiny that you want to end up at with your big fat mouth. I'll keep you from that. I am so glad that he has he has he speaks. He speaks. I want you to get this today. He is he is showing up, you just gotta have eyes to see. He is speaking up, you just gotta have ears to hear. And he wants to reveal stuff to you that you have not got yet. Oh faith consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the rhema word that is given on a daily basis and so you might be sitting there going yeah but I'm not hearing any rhema words no ears to hear eyes to see heart to understand ears to hear eyes to see I've got to make sure I don't get them mixed up eyes to hear ears to see heart to understand a, this year God's saying to us about little things little things so I I want to give you a little thing in this area a little thing just to to encourage you and prompt you that you can take a next step with this isn't it good when somebody says it's easy just take take this step I'll show you just just a little step that's all you've got to do and, and that it starts you on that process. My family are very aware that I've got a statement in their household and it's because I am such a student of humanity that, um, no, it's because I'm sometimes a little overly critical and I've got to be be honest with you. (laughs) And sometimes I'm overly critical with myself and sometimes you. (laughs) No, I'm not. So my observation of humanity is this. If you don't sort out something when you're young, as you get older, it doesn't get any better. If you don't sort out something when you're young, we're talking about something negative here that's affecting our lives. You, it won't get automatically. If you're not listening, if you're, if you're not tuning your ear up and say, Father, what are you saying to me today? Father, what are you showing me today? What do I need to understand today? If you're, if you're not doing that, it's not going to just automatically happen. God's not just going to turn up. He is speaking right now. He is turning up right now. And he is wanting you to understand the secrets of the kingdom. Not just to know about it, but know of the kingdom. Intimacy in the kingdom. We are made for hearing. We are made for seeing. We are made for understanding. So why wouldn't God be speaking, showing up, and wanting to reveal things? If you don't sort out something when, like hoarding. Have you ever watched the hoarding shows and you think, oh, how the heck did they end up like that little by little? Just one little thing at a time because I immediately... Because my shed, I cleaned it out and now it's just full of junk. It's not. It's all valuable stuff. So valuable. Some of it is. But then there's other things there that I'm just like, I might need that one day. I won't throw it away. I'll just put it on the shelf there. And then that takes up a space that's something more valuable. So that thing goes on the floor. And, I'll, and then, then more things go on the floor. And then I can't get to that thing that's on the shelf anyway. Hoarding. You never see people just miraculously get there. They need somebody to come in and be brutal with them, bring the wrath in and get really... That that word wrath also means to be violently passionate, that, that wrath of God. His heart is to clean out the clutter, to get rid of the the wickedness, to get rid of the stuff that is blocking, the godlessness that is blocking the truth in your life that God's not speaking, that God's not showing up and that God's not, you know, revealing things to you on not just a daily basis, I'm talking about a moment by moment because he's not bound by time at all. Now you might say, "Okay, Steve, that's fine," because I'm thinking in my head, if I'd only just stay, left the shed clean, then I wouldn't be at this spot. You might think, "I wish I'd dealt with that," because the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to you about things. Yeah, I've got a, a jealousy issue, or I've got a, you know, I've got an anger or rage thing that it really fires up, or I, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, habitual eBay shopper or whatever. What, you sit up at night buying things. <laughs> I'm just l- looking for the guilty ones in the room. <laughs> and you might be thinking, if only I'd sorted out when I was younger, then I, w- I wouldn't have this bigger problem that I've got now. Here's the little thing. Are you ready for it? You are the youngest that you will be right now for the rest of your life. You will never be any younger than you are. See, you just got older since the last time I said it. You are at the youngest. You can deal with it now. The Word of God is alive and it is powerful and it is able to do stuff in our life that is just so powerful. I'm not just talking about the written Word of God. I'm talking about the living Word of God, the rhema Word of God, Jesus, the author and perfecter. You'll never be as young as you are right now ever again. Goodbye, young Steve. Hello, older Steve. It's happening every moment by moment. The good thing is we're all getting old at the same age. Oh, same rate, sorry. Did anyone get something out of that? I cut it a little bit shorter because, you know, Lewin, Elliot, you know, that was beautiful, wasn't it? Isn't it, isn't it great when you honour? Lou honoured us and I was in tears. Then my moisturiser was running into my eyes and, hey, hey, it takes a lot of work to look this good. <laughs> it takes a lot of moisturiser. My wife has got these little bottles and I've got this 44-gallon drum. Mind you, those little bottles cost more than what my 44-gallon drum does. It <laughs> no, I'm just waiting for the olives to get, you know, to grow so we can just crush them, get more. I just want to have a big thing of olive oil that I just <laughs> lower myself into every morning. And just let it drain off. And Stephen, what are you talking about? Anointing. Hmm. Holy Spirit's here right now, he's prompting us in areas of our lives and if you're thinking nah, <laughs> I've got nothing that God needs to deal with me about, it's like then you're not listening because God wants to bring you from glory to glory, if you think oh no I'm doing great then there's a greater glory coming and I don't know, I'm working on this one because I don't under, I'm, I haven't fully grasped it but we can actually decrease in our glory. God's glory does not reduce, like, doesn't go away from us, but we can diminish in it. We can go backwards in it, but we're not meant to. We're meant to go from glory towards greater glory. It's not meant to reduce. So there's something for you to ponder on. There's another little one. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that at the moment. God's glory, because we're, we're meant to bring glory to our Father. He wants to speak to you. He wants to impact your life for good. Oh, the Father of lights that just pours out goodness for us. If you're able to stand, can you stand with me? Where are our beautiful musicians, or one of them at least? Thank you, Shana. Let's all make Shana feel really uncomfortable as she walks across here looking at her. no. Shana does not like that at all. I apologize. See, this is where my big fat mouth, I'm listening, Holy Spirit. Did, did anyone else hear that audible? The other one is, uh-huh. <laughs> when he just, I go, oh, and he goes, uh-huh, you know, you got it. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Don't just go, oh, that was lucky. No, 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 no. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Say, yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that word of wisdom. Don't just go, hey, guess what? I'm smarter than you. listen to what I've done. No, thank you, Father, that you revealed that to me. I, I thank you for the wisdom that you're bringing to me. Because Scripture says if you lack wisdom, ask, and He will give it abundantly. Right now, I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to move on your life. So just, you don't have to do anything. Just reach your palms out. This is a This is actually a sign of worship. All all the praise words in Hebrew and worship words all had an action to it. And the most common one with praise is the extending of the hands. Because we've got nothing in our hands, but God can fill them. Father, we just come before you right now and we surrender to you. Have your way, mighty God. May your kingdom come. And may your will be done here in the earth of our existence, the earth of our bodies, the earth of our toil, but most definitely here on earth. Father, I thank you for each atmosphere engineer that's in the room right now, that they carry the the anointing of the embassy of the kingdom of heaven. You are ambassadors of the living God. And his diplomatic immunity over your life is one where he is communicating constantly. You don't operate by this pattern of this world. Your call is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you're able to see, hear and understand what God's will is, his calling for your life. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. Thank you that you're been poured out on all mankind but we get to be saturated in your presence we get to be baptized soaked infiltrated every aspect of our nature so much so that even our language changes we start praying with a heavenly language holy spirit i thank you right now for awakening that gift where it's dormant or where it hasn't been activated yet. May the thinking get out of the road and may the spirit man rise up. Spirit rise up. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are the friend that Jesus promised. You are the nurturer, the carer, the comforter, the convictor. You are speaking to us. And I thank you this week for the words that you're going to speak, the things that you're going to show us. Even when we're watching a movie, you're going to show us something powerful about the kingdom of heaven. When we're talking with our friends, faith is going to be exchanged. I can see it. I can see wholesome conversations where faith is exchanged. And it's not complaining about work or complaining about the pattern of this world or complaining. But it's talking about the good things of God. And there's going to be a heavenly transfer there. Holy Spirit, I thank you for anointing our conversations this week. I thank you for anointing our sleep this week, that our young men will see visions and our old men will dream dreams and me, I'll get both. Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit operating on, in and through us this week. I thank you. I speak an anointing over, actually right at the moment, put your hands on your ears. Father, I thank you for anointing on these ears to hear the spirit of the living God. Now put your hands on your eyes. Father, I thank you for anointing our eyes to be able to see afresh, see what you're doing, see into your realm. Put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you for softening our hearts that we would not be callous in any way. That the concerns of this world, the weeds and the worries and the deceitfulness of, of wealth and all those things, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Father, I thank You that You're eradicating those things from our life because we believe the message of the Gospel. We hear, we see, we understand and we turn. You save us. Oh, thank You for saving me. Thank You for saving us. Father, thank You for a fresh heart, heart of flesh, a fresh heart to understand and to grow in understanding. May faith arise in Jesus' Name. May faith arise in Jesus' Name. May faith arise in Jesus' Name. Oh, increase our faith, Father. Increase our faith. I honour You, Father. You are such an awesome Dad. You are such an awesome God. We can trust You implicitly with every aspect of our lives. You are more than trustworthy. You are faithful even when we're faithless. You love us even when we're not moving in love. You have compassion towards us and mercy for us and you fill us with joy even when we don't deserve it. You are such a good God. I speak blessing over each person, each household, I thank you for healing taking place, for the miraculous taking place. I thank you for fresh relationships, new relationships, restored relationships. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.